Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 64 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2 Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Nick Rehack of the Lyrical Innuendo. Welcome back to the show, Nick. Thank you for having me back. Want to see whether you were right about your question yesterday? You know, the trivia question that I left you with yesterday. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. You and me both. I'm very excited. <laughs> well, I, I know the answer. You don't. You've been, you've been waiting for 24 That's hours. <laughs> with bated breath. Of course. Of course. So, minute 64 begins with the two helicopters landing and ends with Grant giving John a suspicious look. So yesterday, we basically ended things with uh, two helicopters on approach towards uh, Dulles. You know, we had all the people go out into what looks like a really, really cold area. Uh, Lorenzo, uh, Windy also, because Lorenzo's got to hold on to his hat. And then, uh, you know, we, we see these two helicopters show up, and this this minute begins with the helicopters basically landing. Um, they, they do land a nice distance apart. The door opens up. And out comes uh, someone who looks like a commander. Uh, and if when when you when you look closely, you get to see that it's actually uh, John Amos. John Amos. Uh, do, you, do you recognize him from anything else? Uh, I recognize him oddly enough from uh, the West Wing. So in this film, he's playing a major. In the West Wing, he's playing an admiral. So it's nice to see him get promoted to uh, higher up offices. Uh, uh, I've also a few seen years him, later, uh, right. uh, was it? Yeah, a few years later, <laughs> uh, coming to America, some other films. He's one of those actors where anytime I see him, I'm like, oh, I'm going to enjoy the moments that he's on screen. He's just one of those actors that just I'm excited to see. Yeah. So he he was born on December 27th, 1939, which means that uh, mm-hmm. as as of today, he is uh, uh, 80, 84 years old, almost 84. He's 83. He'll be 84 uh, uh, later later this this year. Um, now, what I recognized him from when this movie came out was the the TV show Good Times. You know, he was he was on the, you know, he played the father, uh, James Evans Senior, for the first two seasons of the the TV show or three seasons of the show until he got into a contract dispute, and he thought he was much more. Uh, he thought he was needed much more for the show than. Then the showrunners did, and they decided to fire him, and they killed off his character. <laughs> so it's not only that, that that's one way to do it. <laughs> it's not only that you, you're not going to be able to, uh, you know, that we're cutting you out of it for now. We're cutting you out. You're never coming back. <laughs> you're dead. Mm-hmm. You're dead to me. You know, that type of thing. Just go on. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. So I remember when this movie came out, you know, seeing him, and, and that's what shocked me the most because I, I thought of him from there. Yes. He was in Coming to America just the year before, uh, but I guess at the time I, I didn't make as much of a connection. You know, on, on IMDb, he has 117 uh, credits and wow. you know, goes goes really far back. I mean, he's, he's still acting in things. He has three things from 2022. You know, so he, he hasn't given up the, uh, the profession yet. And he, he started actually okay. in 1970. And his first appearance was on the Bill Cosby show, on the TV show from the 1970s. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, and and I actually I I saw him recently in on a movie called uh, a TV movie called The President's Plane is Missing from 1973. He plays a Marine Corporal, and like I saw him in that. He has like a very small part, and it just I was like, wow, that's John Amos. <laughs> but I think I think he's great in this movie because. You know, he plays a very tough character, which is something that we're not used to seeing him play. You know, he's he's a very formal... He plays it well, yes, though. he plays it really well. You know, and, and we get an overall, uh, an overhead shot of uh, these these soldiers walking towards this, this group of people that have come out to greet them, right? And you can, you can see at least uh, nine soldiers that 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 have come out of these two uh helicopters now that doesn't answer the question that that that, that i asked you yesterday all right so the 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 answer is how many people can you fit into a huey helicopter and the answer is 13. okay you can fit 13 people in there uh wow. including the, the 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 crew of three okay so basically it's 10 passengers okay 10 passengers and the crew of three you have the pilot co-pilot and the flight engineer okay the the interesting thing is is that you know we're right now we find out we're we're going to find out in this minute how many people they've sent to 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 go help out here right and so at this point you know we we see the we see at least six men coming out of each of the helicopters. And then, uh, you know, Major Grant uh, joins the group and says, Major Grant, we're blue light. Okay. Do you have any idea what blue light is? The only thing I can think of is the blue light special at Kmart, but I'm going to assume it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> and And you would be correct. <laughs> okay. So blue light is actually... The name of an American counterterrorist subunit of the Fifth Special Forces Group that existed all the way up into the late seventies. Hmm. Okay, it was it was formed by uh, by by the the Army Special Forces. Okay, and they 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 used it up until Delta Force became operational. Remember earlier this week we talked about the Delta Force started in nineteen seventy seven. Right, right. Basically, what what this means, and and you know, we asked the question earlier this week, who would they have called? So basically, they're calling Delta Force. That's basically the answer. Okay, all right, I'll buy that. You know, but but what's interesting is this this movie takes place in 1990, so Blue Light was no longer in existence, but they were still using Delta Force. Okay. So it's it's interesting that they still, I guess, I guess they wanted to use the designation Blue Light because. You know, they don't want to make it seem as if Delta Force is going to be doing something that they shouldn't be doing later on in this movie. So they're just using a real name for something that is no longer in existence. It does sound cool, though, to pop out and say we're blue light. And because it, yes. it feels like a code or a project or something that you just don't know. You said Delta Force, like, oh, all right, like I, I have an idea and everything. But to hit him with that, it's like, oh, it just seems really cool. Right. So the, the term blue light, that no one knows why they, they called this unit the blue light. It could just be that it was a randomly chosen uh, code name, or what it could mean is is to blue light someone in the army, okay, is, is a verb. And it means to detect a contact with radar. Huh. Metaphorically suggesting the ability to discover the enemy's hiding place. So that, that sounds even cooler. 
if you think about it from that perspective. It really does, especially when sometimes the enemy is just hiding in plain sight, you know? Yeah, that's right. So I, I, I like the, 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 the fact that, that, you know, that, that there is something possibly behind the idea of, of using the term blue light, you know, for that. I do like that. I do like that. Then you have, uh, you know, one of the government guys uh, move forward and goes Rollins, Department of, Department of Justice. So, like, we knew that Department of Justice was there because we, we had them, you know, uh, waiting around for Esperanza's plane to show up. So I, I guess it sort of makes sense. Now, what's what's interesting is is that that you can there there is a credit for this guy named Rollins. Okay, it's played by by an actor named Charles Lanyard, who passed away in 2020. He uh, was born in 1942, so he was 80 when he passed away. He had only 35 credits as an actor. Uh, most of them, obviously, very small parts. He he was on NYPD Blue one for one episode also. Okay. Uh, some of them were, he, he was on Moonlighting. He played a lawyer on Moonlighting at some point also. All right, so like a uh, lot of background, there's, there's nothing character stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing here that really jumps out. I mean, he was on two episodes of St. Elsewhere and three episodes of Robert Kennedy and His Times. Uh, he, he was on a lot of uh, TV shows. You know, but he, he didn't, The Greatest American Hero. You ever seen that TV show? Uh, I don't believe so, no. No, oh, you you would like it. It's about uh, this guy who who gets a suit from an alien that turns him into a superhero. Okay, that sounds kind of cool. And and he has like a lot of trouble because he 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 doesn't know how to to, to fly properly. So he's always like uh, you know waving his arms and crashing into things and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean he has this one line where he introduces himself. And just says Rollins, Department of Justice, and that's it. But he got his credit for it, so why not? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And then uh, Trudeau steps forward and goes, Trudeau, Chief of Air Operations. Now, I mean, we've talked about this earlier. We were trying to figure out what Trudeau's, uh, you know, title was. What is he doing there? We just thought he was the the head of the airport and stuff like that. But now we know that the official term is a Chief of Air Operations. How much do you think someone nowadays gets paid for that type of job, and annually? What would you say? Operations, uh, one per airport, maybe two. I'm gonna throw out on a limb and say, a hundred and thirty thousand a year. Nope, it's anywhere between two hundred and two and two hundred and twenty-three thousand. Good for this particular night. job. That is a lot. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, think about it. It's the guy who's running the entire airport. So I can sort of understand that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because that's a lot's a lot, too, especially if you get those bigger. I'm sure you get to those higher numbers when you get to, like, an international airport or one of the big ones. You know what I mean? Like Atlanta or Denver or New York or something like that, because those are just monstrosities. Right. Huge. That's right. And then uh, Lorenzo... Uh, you know, steps up and says, Lorenzo, terminal police, you want something? You got it. And, and then John just looks at him and goes, this is it? One f- <laughs> platoon? <laughs> which is which is pretty funny. You know, he's just, yeah, just throwing it out there. Just annoyed. He's just immediately annoyed. 
He's like, that's what you're sending here for this thing? This is, you know, you need more than one platoon here. Yeah. And then uh, Grant hear me. <laughs> that's right. And then Grant turns to him and goes, "One crisis, one platoon. Who are you, John McLean?" He goes, "Ah, McLean, you showed some balls out there, man. Yeah. Now show some good sense to let the pros handle this." So, what does he mean by "you showed some balls out there"? Like, what is he talking about? I guess he is maybe referring to Nakatomi Plaza because every chance this film gets. To bring up Nakatomi Plaza, they do it. Even on Holly's folder on the plane, it says Nakatomi on it. It's like, we know what he did before. Like, just just keep going. Move on. Like, don't don't keep bringing it up. This is a new movie, new people. Okay. I, my interpretation of it is a little different. I think he's actually referring to what John did to try and save the people on the plane. But then how would he know uh... this? But how would he know this information? Ooh. Ooh. Now, what do you mean you showed some balls out there? You showed some balls because you, you stood out there, you know, waving, uh, flaming, uh, <laughs> you know, fl- uh, flaming pieces sticks of, of, of sticks. Exactly. That, you know, that, why is that showing balls? You know, because I don't know. It's just very, but then he goes and then he, he like back, backhandedly, you know, makes fun of it by saying, now show some good sense and let the pros handle this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meaning that, that what you did was stupid. <laughs> we know what we're doing. Yeah. We're the pros and stuff like that. Yeah. And then John... Nice try, kiddo. Just go sit down. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And then John says something that's even crazier. He goes, isn't Colonel Stewart one of your men? How would John know that? You don't you don't get like uh, police uh, army hierarchy, you know. They didn't have people going on the internet then and saying, "Oh, who's the boss of who?" You know, I mean, John knows about Stewart and he knows, uh, you know, who he was because he's he's supposed to be like the Ali North of the of of this movie or this movie's uh, world or whatever it is. So he knows that, but how would he know who? Oliver North's, you know, boss was <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that is, that is rather weird. And, and unless then, somehow he had met them prior. Cause he, he talks about how, you know, I was in LA, I was out in New York. So maybe somehow their paths cross. I doubt I, it. I'm not sure. No, I doubt it. I don't, I'm sorry. Sorry to, burst your bubble on that one i don't, I don't think they've ever met hey no that's fine you know <laughs> <laughs> and then i mean grant's response is even crazier he goes no not anymore he's not <laughs> okay <laughs> now we're here to take colonel stewart down and we will take him down you see i served with him i taught him everything he knows and then john looks at him and says with under his breath and goes well maybe he's learned a few more things since then and then Grant looks at him and goes, to, turns to, and like makes a, a smirking sound, a uh, smirking uh, mm-hmm. expression on his face. And then he turns to his men and goes, let's hustle. And then he turns back to John for a freak, fraction of a second. And, and you can see that he, his eyes, you know, he's eyeing John in a very strange way. Yeah. yeah. Really intense. Yes. Very intense. But. Yeah, but you know what? These guys are intense, and they're so confident because when they get out of these helicopters, nobody is ducking. 
Nobody. They just walk right out and right into the conversation. You know how most movies you see characters like they're kind of ducking a little bit in case I guess something goes awry with one of the propellers. He doesn't. He's just gone. He's out there. He's letting them know, hey, the boss is here. I'll handle it from there. That's right. Right. Um, so, I mean, they mentioned a platoon. Do you know how many men are in a platoon? Do you, do you have any idea? Ooh. I'm going to say, I want to say 12, but I'm going to say 10. Okay. So a platoon is anywhere between, um, it, it, it's usually anywhere between 20 and 50 men, but it could be a minimum of okay, 10 also. Way off. No, it could be a 10 also. You okay. know, it depends on the, the country okay. and, and different ways and stuff like that. You usually have a, a junior officer who's the platoon leader. And, you know, Grant is, is mm-hmm. definitely a senior officer here. You know, that type of thing. And the 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 term platoon um, was first used in the 17th century when it was referring to a small body of musketeers wow. who fired together in a volley, alternating with another platoon. Okay. Hmm. Um, it comes from the, the French word uh, peloton, which means a small ball. Um, basically because it was a group okay. of soldiers, it's a group of soldiers firing a volley together, you know, so you, you have, oh. you know, one, sh- one group shooting while the other one is, is reloading. Mm-hmm. Okay. So usually they were, they were organized. Okay. In shooter. Okay. I mean, you've probably seen it in, in, you know, movies of the, the, that, that feature the American revolution or even, even, uh, the civil war, you know, where you have a line that shoots and a line that's that's crouching down you know uh uh reloading and then they switch places you know that type of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so basically it's a platoon is either half or a third of a company that that's uh that that's firing at the same time okay but one of the things here is is that like the that. assumption is that there's you know, you can there there can't be more than twenty of them, because according to what we read earlier about a Huey, a Huey can can hold up to how many people? Thirteen, 13 people, and three of them are the crew. So basically, that's ten. So it's a maximum of twenty. The truth is, we never know how many people are in Grant's group because you know they they never state it. With, like with the, with Stewart's men, we know that there's exactly twelve of them. We saw them at the beginning when they when they showed up, and you know there, there's no question about that of how many there are. Yeah, I, yeah, because they do come in, in two helicopters, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is in the group. You know what I mean? It could be like some guys unloading some stuff or. Or you know any other thing doesn't necessarily have Correct. to be there again. exactly. So it's anywhere between you know ten, ten and twenty at this point. Uh, my my assumption is is that there probably is twenty of them. You know, but maybe 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 okay. later in the okay. movie when we see them in the the truck, maybe then we can actually get a better count. But from from here, we were not able to count how many of them there are. You know, but the assumption is, and and gotcha, gotcha. it's funny that that John will say. You know, just one platoon. You know, as opposed to a squad or or a unit or whatever it is. You know, because yeah, how would he know exactly. it's a platoon? Did did they say a platoon was coming, or did they just say military? They just said a military, a, a group of counter terror. The army is sending counter terrorists. 
So listen. Hmm. Some things aren't adding yeah. up. But we'll we'll have to wait and see how things play out here. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. Indeedly. Indeed, Lisa. And you know, after Grant gives him that, uh, gives gives him the eyeball, basically the 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 minute ends, and we'll have to wait until tomorrow to hear what else he has to say about it. And one of the things I love is while Grant and and John are having this conversation, they they give us shots of Trudeau looking on and shots of of Lorenzo looking on. Lorenzo looks pissed off. You know, he just does not look like he's happy that John is allowed to have this type of conversation you know why is john able to be here you know why is he able to do yeah constantly too not just like oh popped in and out but he's there like i feel like every time he turns around john is just there and he's like oh great more of this yeah do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script i do there's a moment when the helicopters are landing and you can kind of see in the background uh windows and people looking out the windows that's gate e7 you have people looking out the window wouldn't they start to get suspicious wouldn't you start to hear like murmurs and rumors throughout the airport or would there not be like a bigger crowd of people like hey look helicopters are landing and then everybody comes out to take a look that's a great observation um i I didn't even think about that you know, I, I did notice the E7, and I actually wrote it down in in my notes that that they're they're next to Gate E7, and I didn't have time to to look at a map of Dulles to see where E7 is. That that was one of the things I wanted to do, but I didn't notice Ooh. the fact that there were people there. I, I I didn't even think about that. And you're right, people are looking out and they see these helicopters landing, and they're probably saying, to "Oh, that's so cool! They can have helicopters land, but planes are still circling around upstairs. Everything's been delayed." <laughs> Yeah, I'd be so annoyed if I'm them. I would be. They're like, so what? Annoyed. Grandma couldn't couldn't come in on a on a helicopter. Now we have to wait here for her plane to land. You know, I know. Oh, that's a great great observation. Mm. I didn't even think about the fact that there are people there. Yeah, very cool. Thank you. Um, anything else you want to say about this minute? No, just that. Just the uh, how that car oh, caught okay. me off guard. See, now it's catching me off guard because now I've noticed it. <laughs> So thank you, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So the, the 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 script continues with the description from yesterday. You know, we talked about the helicopters dancing. So the helicopters dancing through the air towards us and set down with a roar, their backwash, creating a Yukon-like storm. Yukon-like, isn't that great? <laughs> then this is waiting like here that. are Trudeau, the Justice Department men we saw earlier. Lorenzo worried about his status and McLean plain worried as the rotors keep turning soldiers and the chopper crews hustle out of the choppers, the wind blowing over them and their equipment, a powerfully built major in his late forties walks forward past the waiting men, like someone in a receiving line. Everyone shouts over the noise. Grant, we're the triple T's. I'm major Grant. It's funny that they call them the triple T's. I don't know what that's supposed to stand for. Then the justice man formally says Rollins, Department of Justice. Trudeau politely says, Trudeau, Chief of, Chief of Air Operations. Lorenzo, ass kissing. Lorenzo, Terminal Police. You want something? You got it. <laughs> McLean, unimpressed. This is it? A dozen men? Pause. Grant stops, looks at him. One crisis, one dozen. Who are you? John McLean. So first of all, I like the fact that they, they mentioned in the script that it's one dozen. 
because that that point, you know, according to the script, we know exactly how many men there are, as opposed to in the movie where they say right. platoon and they leave it, you know, opened. It's open, you know, open ended. And then Grant says, McLean, oh yeah, you're the one who tried to save that plane tonight. You showed some balls out there, McLean. Now show some sense and let the pros handle things. So in the script, they actually let us know that they are that he is referring to the plane. Hmm, okay. And I wonder why they made that adjustment then from dozen to platoon, because I feel like as it's written works just fine. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know. It could be something that that you know Bruce Willis decided to just change it and that's it. Don't know. Could be. And then McLean, yeah, and then McLean says, unfortunately, the pros are on the other side. Colonel Stewart is one of your boys. And then Grant tightly says, not anymore, he's not. Gentlemen, we are here to take down Colonel Stewart, and we will take him down. You see, I served with him, and I taught him everything he knows. Then McLean says, yeah, but what if he took some night courses? Grant reacts <laughs> and recovers. All right, men, hustle. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I like the way that, that they do it in the movie a little better. I don't, I don't know about the whole idea of night courses. You know, the, the joke just doesn't work, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, 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 I see that. You know, so. All right, so every Thursday we have a segment called Aviation Thursday, where my guests will give their top five movies that are somehow related to aviation, whether it could be a, an airplane, could be a uh, spacecraft, or, you know, something that happens in an airport. Who knows? So, uh, Nick, what have you got for us? Uh, I have five of them, obviously. My number five is Flight Plan. It's a Jodie Foster movie that came out a couple years ago or so. And I, I don't know what it is about it. It's not a particularly good film. but It's, it a die in, it's, it's like a it diehard type of intrigued. movie also. It is. It just I, I it just keeps me intrigued. And even though I, I know what's coming, twists and turns and stuff, I'm just – I just really enjoy it. And I I, I just enjoy it. My uh, My number four pick, Con Air. Uh, something that I know Jay and Mark over on the Con Air podcast are going to appreciate. Yeah, uh, number of the three, show. Air Force One. Yeah, number three, Air Force One. Just a fun time, and it's a classic. Number two is Airport. Uh, I have a big soft spot for that with uh, George Kennedy as Joe Petroni. Like it's just, it, it's a great movie. And then number one is Airplane, uh, the Leslie Nielsen comedy spoof film. It's one of the greatest comedies of all time it's i i never laughed harder in my life it's just every time i watch it i laugh it's it's like one of my shawshank redemptions you know shawshank is on and most people well i gotta finish watching it it's the same with airplane i don't care what part of the movie it's on i'm gonna finish watching it okay that makes sense i mean it's uh and and having like for me for instance I, one of the reasons i love airplane is because i've seen so many of the movies that it spoofs so it, it, mm -hmm. it makes it that much more fun to watch it because you're like, oh, that's from this and that's from that. And that's from, you know, they, they do that. So, yeah, it's uh, that's definitely a very fun movie. One of the, one of the best uh, comedies of that uh, genre. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Cool. At, at the, the Zuckers at the time were just that was top of their game. That was absolute peak. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Nick, you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me over on Instagram at that rehack. Uh, I've been on a myriad of podcasts lately. The Lambcast, 
uh, movies, films, and flicks, Exploding Helicopter, my own podcast, obviously, uh, Lyrical Innuendo. I'm, I don't want to say just search me. I'm out there, but just search me because I'm out there. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie or a minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, moverabminute.com. So, Nick, you feel like coming back tomorrow to finishing up the week? I I have to. There's no. I'm not just going to leave now. I got to come back tomorrow. Okay. All right. I I'll I'll, I'll make room for you. I'll I'll push someone else off. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So until tomorrow, yippee kaye. Yippee kaye. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and.